and you're listening to Stars in My Pocket. Today we have brought along our friend Laika. Say hi to everyone. Hi everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Okay. So today we're going to talk about Fight My Way, um, which is a show that ended a couple, uh, well, more than a couple of weeks ago on KBS. Um, and we've all just finished watching it, and we're we're ready to talk about it. Yay! So what's this drama about? So it's basically about these two best friends that have known each other basically since birth. Um, they're from the same small town, although he moved away, at, I think, in middle school. And we see them, you know, they're in their 20s. They're kind of down on their luck. They're trying to, you know, follow their dreams. And they're also probably secretly in love with each other. And, you know, like, they're just the best of friends. And we see them progress throughout their relationship. And they have two other friends that they all kind of live in the same apartment. And it's just about, you know, like, being in your 20s and following your dreams and failing and then trying to get up again and finding your place in the world. Yeah. And when you put it like that, it sounds like a very generic coming-of-age story. But when we were watching it, it didn't feel generic. It didn't feel like anything we had watched before. Yeah. This show is, to me, what missing is to office workers. That's how I found it. Because, like, you know when you're living this kind of uh, an atypical life, it's, it's not the life, perhaps, that you expect to have lived but there you are kind of proceeding in what the show's original name was what, a third rate my way uh, and then they changed it so there's this sense that these characters are living these third rate lives and mm-hmm. you can see it like when i first started it the first episode i was really uncomfortable because it felt like oh god i'm watching a bunch of losers this is too close to home i need to not watch this <laughs> oh my god yeah especially because of godoman he that date that he had in the first episode that was every bad date ever that was a date <laughs> i have i have lived through okay 3 hours of a guy talking about his high school glory it was horrible <laughs> So you're cringing so hard and like I I don't know if I could bear watching this show of of people who are going to be like this because I don't need that. I'd I'd rather watch Chebols doing Chebolly things, you know? And yeah, then then the show happened. Yeah, but these people are so real. And I'm sorry but that guy from that date, he, he could not have had any redeeming quality none. that would make me want to go out with him again but kodumman i mean this is like exploring the idea that even though that guy irritated you so much there might actually be a story behind him and he might actually have potential to be great yeah that was i guess that's what caught most of us yeah okay now like i guess to speak okay so what i really loved about this show is that like you said it is it can sound very generic but at the same time that's what makes it so real and it's really the execution because it does feel uncomfortably too close to home at times but they do it in such a natural way like you know even with rom-coms when there's no like huge dramatic stakes but korean dramas tend to like you know have these like long sweeping moments and like the camera is spinning and like the dr- the music swells and you're supposed to swoon and it's like what somebody just said i like you <laughs> like the show doesn't give um it doesn't give this like false significance to really low key moments but because it treats them with such like a natural feeling you get that significance you know like you feel how significant each moment is to these characters but it doesn't 
overplay it and like take all of that meaning away the way that a lot of dramas do does that make sense yeah it does right and what like as you're watching it that feeling of discomfort that you start off with you start to absorb it as you uh realize that they yeah they do seem like losers on the outside but then you keep watching and then you realize slightly painfully ah that's my life and then um there's this part um where it says i think is it one the soundtrack the the song on the soundtrack and it it goes like you know i may look trashy but it's my life and i don't feel inferior and that's the point where you realize that that's exactly it that's the emotion that anchors this entire show yes they might have third rate lives but it's their lives and they own it and they they won't feel inferior and you can't make them and their lives matter to them even if it's not you know this sort of you know road to glory riches wealth fame and all of those things i agree but there there was this one point where i really wanted to stop uh konangman initially i hadn't quite want warmed up to him uh right then because that first date thing was still in my head and he was still a loser in my <laughs> eyes and then he goes and goes to uh choyar's uh workplace and completely like he he makes her lose her job and it's not like she is in a financial position to lose her job fair enough if he hadn't done it she would never have gone you know fully for her dream job or you know at least found what she really wanted to do but he had no right to do that it was yeah ultimately up to her whether she wanted to give up that job face her boss walk out of there that was her choice but he took it away from her and i really didn't like that Right. So and, yeah. and that's the like that's the thing it's pride. They have pride. And even when they don't have anything else and it's not just pride it's self-respect as well that it doesn't matter what other people think of them but they have to um they have to not hate themselves and that's I think um probably the part that I related to the most in in the whole uh, character setup was that no matter how it looked on the outside they wouldn't hate themselves. and the pride that she had in her job even though it was it was a it was a low level you know a uh, low paid job but it was her job and she was good at it yeah and yeah like you say he had no right to come in and do that and she was willing to put her pride down she was that's true and she was doing it for a reason she wanted uh, the job of that that overhead announcer thing i don't know what you call that uh, position where the uh, i think the, her bosses uh what wife's sister got the job finally mm. yeah the the company like announcer position yeah yeah, yeah so so she wanted to stick to that she like she was so happy when she was put behind the mic even though all she was doing was calling out discounts and stuff it just you know making customers buy stuff even that was making her so damn happy I thought it was adorable how she'd sign off every announcement with and this is Chera. <laughs> I know <laughs> like, what is she doing? <laughs> it's like she thinks she's on the radio but it's not uh it's really cute. It's like you can see how much she loves it. You know I'm so surprised when I looked her up afterwards. Uh how young Kim Joon is because I because uh the show I saw her in at her youngest was What's Up um which is I think 2011. a uh, show by Songjin a musical that was good but i never finished it 
Oh, it was yeah. really good. Um, so it's a musical yeah. youth drama, and she was this really uh, sort of cute, bubbly character in that, and like a very oh, yeah. far cry from her heir's character, who was basic, uh, basically Blair Waldorf. She was also really good in uh, High Kick 3, The Revenge of the Short-Legged, which I actually watched while it was airing. That was the first thing I saw her in. She played a high school student, and she had a right. love line with uh, Lee Jong-suk. They were cute together. Oh yeah, I actually, I, that's the one that I started and didn't finish. It was, what, 111 uh, episodes or something? Oh my I got, god, I, I watched got the 20 whole thing. episodes in. <laughs> but they were like 20 minute episodes, so. Yeah, they were short, but yeah, it was long. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've seen, ever since I watched What's Up, I wanted to see her with a big, uh, like a, a proper leading role. Um, so I was really excited to see her in this. But she's, what, only 24, I think? And I thought she was at yeah, least she, yeah, 27 or 28. Um, really? So I was really surprised at how young she was. She must have been really young um, in What's Up, I think 18 or something. So I didn't realize how young she was in that. But yeah, I really like her. So do I, especially after this. As she didn't make much of an impression on me, except for, like you said, the Blair Waldorf uh, vibe that she gave off. She did that really well. But uh, yes, yeah, here, now she is lodged in my brain. Whatever she does from now onwards, I will want to check out. Which Absolutely. brings me to Park Soo-jun. So, Kodong-man, after his Hwarang character, besides Park Lim-shik, he, uh, Park Soo-jun really wasn't all that charismatic because, I'm sorry, Park Lim-shik always steals the show. Yeah. But here, he was like, I, this was like the ideal character for him. I didn't realize he could play this kind of character so well. Like a character that has hidden strengths. He might look like a loser like and, and a simpleton. But, you know, it's not like he's super smart or anything. But he feels things deeply. And he, uh, like something that happened years and years ago, the emotional scar of it weighed down on him so much. It beat down his self-respect so much that he still hasn't recovered like 10, 12 years on. The emotional scar that uh, Park Sujun's character got when he was in his teens, uh, when he uh, gave into that match fixing, he, it took him most of the show to recover from that, like recover his self-respect and really go for his goals. And he's a very straightforward guy. Once he figured out that this is what he wants to do, he went all in. Like there were, there was no more hesitation. None of that loserly vibe was around him anymore. I really like that about his character, that for him, it was just a matter of deciding something. So once he decided that he want, he was in love with Choyera and he wanted a relationship with her, it was not about let's date and see where it's going. It's, you know, it's very simple and straightforward. I'm going to be with you now and that's it. Like, let's not play games now. Yeah, like he has no, he doesn't uh, have a reverse like, he, he only goes forward, and that's actually it's one of the things that I like the most about his character. I think it's uh, something that kept recurring in, in other people's uh, uh, comments as well, that one of the most uh, charming, not charming, um, not even alluring, what do I want to say? One of the most uh, really? af affecting things about his character was that he wouldn't uh, waffle around, and he didn't faff around. Like, if he made a decision, that was that. And he he didn't backtrack and he didn't, um, you know, get cold feet and he wouldn't sort of be halfway there. Like, you know, I'm in, I'm all in. 
did I just quote Gilmore Girls? <laughs> 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 so that is what Luke said to Lorelai. Uh, spoiler. Um, and that's exactly... Actually, you know what? Luke and Thongman, I, I can see a little bit of similarity there. They're both quite simple, sorry. But they're also, they're really emotionally deep. Yeah, I, I'm like, I watched like maybe like a few episodes of Gilmore Girls back when it was airing and I never really went back to it so I know it's sacrilege but I do like I agree with you guys about Dongman's character because he just has that he's like simple-minded in a really frustrating and yet really adorable and lovable way where he just like you guys said he just decides something and he goes for it and like he can be kind of frustrating too because until he realizes whatever he needs to realize you can like tell him in eight different ways and he won't get it but then like once he gets it he's completely there you know and he's yeah and i i agree he doesn't faff around which is like one of my favorite british expressions ever (laughs) um and it really works for him yeah i love that the other thing that i really like about him is that he's extremely brave in talking about his feelings yeah and that's so rare to find in a hero we get it more from heroines because heroines tend to kind of do the emotional lifting in most dramas where, like, they're the ones who kind of talk, like, kind of bring stuff out of the hero. The hero's, like, very cold and he's, like, got all these hidden, like, feelings and trauma. And then she kind of comes into his life and all of a sudden he, like, learns that he's human and all this stuff comes up and he decides to, like, not be a jerk anymore. And and in this, like, you don't have any of that. You just, like, have these two people who are, you know, constantly you know like just hanging out and teasing each other and they know each other inside out and they like just say what's on their mind even if like two seconds later they're completely embarrassed and they want to like go into a hole but like they say it and it's so refreshing and i loved that that was like my favorite thing about the relationship you're you're right you know the awkwardness of their togetherness was it was embarrassing and it was hilarious uh, and it was so, like, you know, like you're saying with the other romances that we see, they always idealize it, everything is perfect. And it's a tendency in in all storytelling to make things look, like, to heighten the moments, to make things perfect. But, you know, these two, the perfect is the absolute last word that would ever come to mind if you were going to describe them. But everything about them was, like, messy and real and sort of every day in a really warming way. And... The, yeah. the awkwardness was just off the scale, but so funny. Like, you're laughing at the same time as cringing, but also yeah. like, full of uh, full of love for them as well. That, that thing about, like, them being awkward, and it's just, like, the show does it in such a, like, deliberate way, in the sense that you get the feeling that they're, like, setting you up for, like, what you would normally accept, expect for, like, the cliche, and then they, like, completely flip that on its head, and they're like, actually, in real life, this is how it works now. <laughs> and so it's so nice, because, like, they're consciously, and the only time we get that, like, rotating camera shot of them is, like, that parody that they do at the end of one of the episodes where, like, the camera is spinning, and because it's so jarring, and, like, and then they play that music, I think it's from, like, Jealousy, and it, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, other dramas do this, but, like, this drama doesn't do that. And it's a joke. You know, it just makes a joke out of all those ridiculous tropes that we've now just learned to accept as, like, you know, it comes along with all the other stuff we love about dramas. But this show just doesn't do that, and it's so great. I love it. True. Well, you know what? One of my favorite and, uh, of episodes of the show, even though it made me cringe so hard, was uh, the one where it was, what was it? it was called, uh, I think Choi Era is girly or something. Um, 
it was right after he confessed to her and she gets super girly she uh, does these strikes these poses waiting for him to react she says these things in in <laughs> baby talk <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gets gets so so strong, man. But like, you remember that I, point I, where he flipped it back on her? I I <laughs> that was awesome. It. it made everyone so uncomfortable. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was amazing. I bet she never used it after that. <laughs> no, but then you get the sense that they actually do do this all the time. Like, egg you me as much as you like. I'm gonna egg you right back. That is my job. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can win this way. <laughs> but that, that's because they stay friends, you know. Even after they're in a relationship, they stay friends. That that was my takeaway from it. That mm-hmm. yes, I mean, if from Choyera's experience with other guys, she thinks that she has to act in a certain way with her boyfriend. But from Godapan's point of view, why? Just just behave. Yeah. You always behaved. Like you suddenly become prettier to me. You suddenly have legs. But other than that, we'll still be like vegging out and watching movies and stuff. You know, when we hang out together, don't don't think that anything has to change. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that was that was like that simple-mindedness of his. That like one of the best parts of that simple-mindedness just coming out. But but because to us it seems simple-mindedness, but don't you think it's just that he is so. Like for him, things are black and white. It's it's right. it just he has a clearer perspective, or just he's more clear sighted than most people. Like we are so bogged down with complicated feelings and stuff, he just processes them faster and cuts to the heart of it. Yeah, what initially seems like he's not smart enough, it just turns out to be that he just looks at things in a, in simpler terms, and that's actually better. Yeah. That maybe we're uh, we're giving him too much credit because I I think he is genuinely sim- simple-minded, but the fact yeah, that it makes right. him emotionally clear-sighted is a consequence of his simple-mindedness. Like he doesn't need to be complicated because um, everything that matters to him is simple. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we are programmed to find heroes attractive when they are smart, right? And like. Like and emotionally complex. complex whereas this is a hero who's not at all complex but that's his charm it's how much Oira likes him for who he is like simple-mindedness and all of that Oira likes him so much that you believe truly believe that there are you know layers to him that okay maybe we can't see in the first few episodes but they exist Hmm. Otherwise, she wouldn't like him this much. I think that that's really nicely used. Like the the writers and directors have done a really good job of making us like Kodongman from Choyera's perspective. But I yeah. think we like him from our own perspective as well. Oh, yeah, like no. there's... And from from my perspective, he's he's that that date, that that bad date. I'm sorry, I was <laughs> reliving <still>. that. <laughs> Even at the end of the drama. <laughs> No, not the end of the drama, but for the first two or three episodes. Oh, yeah, certainly. If it wasn't for Choyera finding something of value Uh, in him, and his his defense and his protectiveness towards Choyera, if that had not existed, then I would not have given him a chance in my... Right, I, yeah, okay, I can Absolutely. see that, I agree with that. So what you're saying is that yeah. though he's, pre- like, from uh, the, our first meetings with him, definitely not a guy you would ever go anywhere near. <laughs> but no. because because of Era's presence in his life, it gives us an in into 
who he really is outside of that whole, you know, the, the stuff. Yeah. That was a really... And they also um, bring out the best in each other. Like, he's kind of at his best when he's around her, especially in the first few episodes, because otherwise he's just like this, you know, this loser who's living in the past. He doesn't want to be serious about anything. And he, like, sprays bugs for a living. <laughs> you know, like, he's not... Um, and he's not even, yeah, he's and not he's not bad. really smart. Yeah. yeah, but when he's with her, he you can see, like, the way he cares about her, the way he protects her, the way he will, like, basically give up everything if she needs him and she's, like, upset, and the way he holds yeah. her when she cries. Oh, my God. Aw, yeah. <laughs> my heart. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, that was so good. Just their romance was so good. I wanted to talk about Era next, if you guys are okay, okay with just that. One thing before you move on to that, because <laughs> sure. you mentioned uh, they use the jealousy, jealousy as in the old drama jealousy or uh, jealousy? Yeah, the nineteen nineties drama. All right. Oh. It so, has the, yeah, it has this iconic shot where the camera spins around and then they have the music, which I know because of the recap. They did not know that. <laughs> they didn't watch the drama, but so um, like in I think it was in episode seven or something, and probably interspersed uh, before and after as well. They made these really uh, entertaining references to Descendants of the Sun as well, um, like uh, you know the uh, Ch- uh Choyushik's character Mubin. So, like, how he was an army doctor and that he liked Song Hye-kyo and you're like, <laughs> oh, I yeah. see what you did there. <laughs> so it had a, it dropped all of these funny, because um, her character in Descendants uh, of the Sun was an army doctor. And mm. that, it was just, it was a really funny nod to, to her other characters. Yeah. That character drove me crazy, though. And I, I, yeah, that was one of the few things I didn't like about the show is that just the way she put up with his BS for way too long, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't actually understand why he was there. Like, I couldn't figure... Like, I was watching, I was like, I know that's Choshik, I know that's him, but he's not, like, in the credits or anything. Is this a cameo? Is he actually part of the cast? What's happening? So, it was... He was confusing. And I didn't like him from the beginning. And then I was like, okay, maybe you're not a terrible person. No, I thought he was was a terrible person from the first time he showed up. I did. And I was like, why are you giving him so many chances? He's, like, trying to scope out where you live. Like, why are you, like, uh, that just freaked me out. But then, then, like, later, it it seemed like, you know, he actually perhaps wasn't a jerk after all. And then, of course, we found out he was a jerk after all. he He was just weird. And, okay, these kind of people totally exist in the real world, so I understand that. But I don't understand... The purpose of his existence in the plot, like I think it's how to did show he you. move the, how was, did he move the plot forward? I think it was to yeah. show you that Era is is capable. She's had other relationships. She's capable of having relationships. Shohira's uh, character started with a relationship, a failing one, but it was a relationship, and it was a long-term one. She referenced yeah. having other relationships. So we already know that she's had several relationships. I really don't think Choi Bushik did. Like, um, what was his name? Park Mubin? Uh, I don't um, think that his character actually did anything for the, you know, the the, the main arc, the main, main storyline. Because it's not even to show that Joera is so desirable. Look, there is this other guy who wants her. No, because it turns out that, yes, he liked her, but that was a byproduct. He was primarily using her to get back at uh, Kodongman. So it was all about Kodongman. I think he was just there for the lulls because it's Choyushik and because he's Yeah, funny. I guess. But he was there for far too long. I just wish yeah. it was like a short cameo. No, I do I do think that he kind of pushed 
the uh like era and Dongman's relationship forward a little bit, but I was a little bit like, why do they need like what is it about this one relationship that makes her what that makes them realize certain things about how they feel about each other? Like what about all the other relationships and why? And if it had to be someone who was like a terrible jerk, then like her last boyfriend was even more of a terrible jerk because he cheated yeah. on her and then he had like a baby <laughs> with that woman. <laughs> so like that was way worse. You know, I like, did, he was gonna I be like, oh my god, I need to protect her from this jerk. Like I feel like that would have come with that one. <laughs> But they, the way they showed the progression of Kodokmana and Choira's relationship, they would have gotten to that point where Choira kind of stood up and said that I, I, you make my heart beat faster. She would have said that to him at that point anyway, even if it yeah. had been some other guy. Because there were other things that were happening. Like they were not some major events, but they were just the small changes. They were noticing each other more. And he was, he, she, you remember how uh, he would hug her and she would push him away and be like, you know, like, I understand you're a city boy, but for a country girl like me, we take these things seriously, so don't do it. She would say yeah. these things to him. And that was, that was cueing us in on the fact that she, she was aware of some feelings, even if he wasn't. So they were already introducing this aspect to their relationship. So this, they would have come to the point where Choira spoke up uh, anyway. I genuinely don't think Park Mubin's character was necessary. He was just, like you said, or like Sarah said, that he was there for the lulls. <laughs> I guess one thing that like, I kind of saw that the writers were doing, um, although I didn't feel it was, like I really didn't like where it left our heroine, is that she was kind of consciously choosing to go with Mubin when she didn't want to because she was having all these feelings for Dongman and she was trying to like cut them off because she's like he doesn't feel this way about you you need to like you know and so like I saw I kind of saw that but I wasn't I didn't yeah. like the fact that it made her become so passive in the face of his like ridiculous and like creepy overtures and buying her these weird gifts and like doing these weird events and like showing up at her work and stalking her and and like I feel like that's her character would normally never put up with that kind of behavior, but because she was like, oh, I need to, you know, have a relationship and move on, like, she was doing, she was just, like, letting him do that, and it was really hard for me to watch her, because up until that point, like, she was such a badass, she would just, like, not let people step on her, not let people take advantage of her, like, speak her mind, but she was just, like, staying quiet, and that didn't, it rubbed me the wrong way, to be honest. So if you see how long she's had feelings for her best friend, you can kind of understand why she would be, uh, she would try to sort of preserve her dignity slash protect herself, even if she was doing it in the wrong way. Yeah. So, and Koraman was an idiot. Like, she, he was an idiot about his feelings. Until that moment when he finally realized, okay, no, I, I really like her. He was a complete fool. So, I feel for the girl, okay? Like, yeah. She, she was dealing with a moron. What else could she have done? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I definitely feel for her. I just was, because she felt so much like a it real was person, I was yeah. worried for her. Yeah, I w and I was worried for her. I was like, why are you putting yourself, I like, as if one of my friends was, like, going, putting herself in these situations and, like, getting into his car when you're like, no, girl, like, don't do it. Like, he's not yeah. good for you. Yeah. Especially when she's had uh, experience with a stalker before that uh, this guy who sort of cornered her with flowers or I think at some yes. point and freaked her out. The camera guy. The, the, the bloody strawberries. <laughs> yeah, the bloody strawberries. Ooh, <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, and that was a weird arc too because his character was kept consistently creepy and then they did that thing in the end. And yeah, I that was weird. Sure, 
I wasn't sure what the point of his character was. Yeah, so. I, yeah, I wasn't a fan, but weird fake yeah. out. Trying to remember the actor name, but I can't. Oh yeah, him. Uh, uh, Kang Kido. Yeah, yeah. He was so adorable in Tomorrow with You. Anyway, different drama. <laughs> he was adorable in that, although I only watched four episodes. Oh, did yeah. you like it? Oh, let's not talk about it. Uh, yeah, we'll talk. Pakeran was um, yeah. She made us feel things that were not positive. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have this thing about those second, uh, the second lead girls who are really sort of aggressive and horrible mean girl types. I really can't deal with them. They like, they bring me to the point of a heart attack. And <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I just, I, oh, I just wish they didn't exist. I don't think they add anything to the story. I think they're there to just, uh, like, uh, to to run interference but with no real meaning to it the way she kept blocking um uh era from any of her jobs it's just yeah, like, that can was you just not annoying. find anything else to uh, do in this whole wide world also like, is, uh, is she omnipresent how did she always figure out where joyera was getting a job how and it's like clearly you're so insecure and uh, sure we find out later that she's actually you know like lacking employment opportunities but you know i don't care go find your opportunity yeah. somewhere else why did you need to do that why do you exist stop existing die and you know what it doesn't actually make much sense like okay i'll come to that uh like her employment opportunity or lack thereof that thing that it didn't make a lot of sense to me it's then. Like, don't try but... to make me like her now because i don't and i yeah, won't that, that, and i don't want you to manipulate me like this thing. yeah yeah yeah, there was no need for her to be redeemed in any way. No, she should have just stayed evil till the end and faded away from their lives like they had been trying to make her fade away for at least half the and show. Or get her comeuppance. Yeah. And it's like, you made your choices. You chose to marry that Chaebol guy. You left uh, <laughs> Dongman like, you know, 26 times or how many times you left him. Don't then expect, yeah. uh, you know, that you have some right to his life and that Era doesn't have more uh, right when she's been in his life for 20 years. Okay, sure. I also... Yeah, go ahead. I also didn't like um, how they ended up making their failed relationship kind of because of because of Era and Dongman's closeness and how they showed yeah, all this. Like, I, I the, and they kind of had this yeah. reveal of like the reason they yeah. never got close was because he always lo- like cared about her more. And I was like, really? He really didn't. We know that Dongman has a one track mind. When he was with Heron, he was with Heron. And yeah, exactly. If you don't know that much about him, you don't know him. I yeah, it felt like, very like last minute. It's not a last on. minute thing. Yeah. Because all they gave us was that one incident, right? Where she comes out like they had that flashback where she comes out with a box of chocolates or something for Valentine's Day or White Day, and uh, sees Kodogban uh, uh, kissing Pakera, and she walks away and doesn't see that they break up. How does how what 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 does that have to do with? Miss chances. There were no chances before right now. Their mm-hmm. first chance came right now when Kodongwan finally had his blinders off and realized that he had feelings for Choera. He genuinely didn't know. Like it was before the first that, time he ever started to have feelings. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't now tell me that, oh, they had opportunities before, but what, yeah, what are, you know, I'm sorry, Kodongwan is too straightforward to have played games for years. No, yeah. no, there is no way that happened. Mm. Yeah, but. and it was so clear, you know, like in all the other flashbacks before, that like every time she would show up, 
he was just like completely in like putty in her hands and none of their friends could do anything about it even though they were like rolling their eyes and they're like okay here they go again like like this is such a messed up relationship but he was just like he like he's one of those people that like i mean we know guys like that until they come to that that. realization they're never going to leave that woman you know like they're just not true so i i like that like just for that aspect i uh i appreciated uh, Park Hiran's character to give us that thing where you have this nice guy that you're friends with and he is in this horrible messed up relationship and you, you know that the only way that things can get better if, is if he breaks it off but that's not happening this is a very realistic thing I like that yeah but yeah they shouldn't have they shouldn't have drawn her into present day and made that thing yeah um, Saya, you were saying you hate that hateful second lead character, and I generally do too, but I feel like the way that she was portrayed in, like, especially the first half of this drama is just being this, like, vindictive, selfish person who, like, everything revolves around her, and it's all about what other people can do for her and how they feel about her. Like, that's a person that exists in real life. Like, I know people like that, so that's I didn't... true. <laughs> I mean, I just I didn't hate that she existed, like, even though I hated her, but, like, it made sense that she would be this stumbling block in Dongman's life just like uh you know what you said Mr. Faster like about that character type and like when those two character types meet and get into a relationship like the person who only cares about herself and the guy who like will do anything for his partner it doesn't go well oh, and oh, it that's an abusive relationship them, yeah it just it like just wrecks everything and the people around them all hate it but they can't do anything about it and so like that was really realistic yeah and i loved how you know, in the, within the drama, like, we saw how Dongman finally got to that point of, like, emotional maturity where he wasn't willing to, like, let her do that to him anymore. And I was, like, cheering. And then, so then the, in the end, I was just, like, really? But he was, yeah, so have just choosing for he this was woman? can I say something? He was in that yes. place uh, before, um, before this, uh, before he had uh, started his relationship with Era, before he started liking Era. He was in that place of where he's not going to take her crap anymore. Because yeah. um, the previous breakup, actually her marriage, like he, like in his head, in yeah. his heart, it was totally over. There was no way to, you know, warm over that cold soup again. So, like, yeah. I felt that that cut had been made long before, and that's even more reason why she was uh, so unnecessary to the narrative. No, she didn't get. Well, she didn't actually well. give him any conflict. Like he didn't have any emotional conflict because of her. He was. She was just annoying him. And he was like, can you please leave my life now? That's true. But I think in this case, at least in the present day thing, the reason that she came into, like, the conflict that she provided wasn't to Kodongman, who had already figured out that he no longer wanted her in his life, but to Choyera. Like, she had been watching Kodongman fall back into, back under the spell of Park Heron for so long that she just expected Korongman to do it again, like, you know, a, a pattern she just expected the pattern to happen like, repeat itself but absolutely, then, she, she hadn't realized that Korongman had matured, in her eyes he was still the immature guy he had been before. Do you think that uh, Era had developed a habit of conceding to her, or that if she had no, there was no conceding because sooner. before that, Pakeran. Pa- no, I I don't think so. Be- before the Pakeran was uh, Kodoman's, you know, one true love thing, and mm. yeah, yeah. I think that um, she not rather than conceding, like when they were together, she would make this very conscious decision. Like Era would make this very conscious decision of like, okay, you guys are together again. I'm like, 
she would give her that place, but she would never give up her own place of the best friend. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Heron felt uncomfortable about how close they were. She was like, no, she's like, you're his girlfriend, that's fine. But then, like, once they were broken up, she was like, no, I am not putting up with any of your crap. And I agree with Fester Fester, like, she needed to see that even when she's available again, he doesn't want her. So it's not yeah. like he doesn't want her because she's married and unavailable uh, anyway, yeah. and, like, he's accepting second best because, you know, she's just there. But no, she, like, came back. He he moved on, and even though it took her a while for her to see him, like, you know, and for him to tell her that, but I really appreciate that, you know, it wasn't like he's just, like, his his one true love is gone, and so that's why he's, you know... If she had confessed earlier, would it have been different, do you think? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he would have realized that he had feelings, maybe there would have been a uh, sort of awkward phase and then he would have realized oh yeah I'd like her. or maybe not he maybe he just needed to reach a certain level of maturity to realize that he loves her it just yeah. timing is pretty important sometimes yeah Kim Juman and Beck sorry oh yes let's talk about that <laughs> yeah. what did you guys think of them uh, I think Bexley should have broken up with him, uh, I don't know, the first two episodes. So, as some reviewers pointed out, um, Kim Juman's character was taking Bexley, um for granted. But uh, Bexley, who was happy in her current situation, like she was happy in their average middle-income life, uh, she didn't actually have huge ambitions didn't understand uh, why Kim Juman was working so hard, was like draining himself just to get a promotion, like why this was so damned important to him. And that's a a, a legitimate uh, relationship issue. Like that's material for real problems in a relationship when your partner doesn't understand something that is so important to you. And I, I totally felt that it was realistic, like you said. And I liked how their arc ended up being in the end, but I wish that they had broken up earlier and stayed yeah, broken up for longer. And, longer. and she yeah. had had more of a chance to, like, find herself and realize what she wanted out of life. And for him to grovel, you know. Although, um, you say, you say um, that you, you want her to find out what she wanted in life, but I think it's quite clear uh, in her character that she always knew what she wanted out of life, but because the thing she wanted was uh, yeah. not what other people would, yeah, not what other people would see as ambitious, because her ambition was ambitious to her, but other people would have seen that as completely a, a lack of ambition, and like wanting to be a mother is legitimate. Um, so what you're saying about motherhood being a legitimate ambition and how that was her ambition, and she already knew. Like I agree in part. But I also feel like there was, like, she had a dream when she was younger as well. Like, do you remember when uh, Era says, like, you wanted to do, you know, like, your food blog and you want... So, like, even though that was her dream from a young age, to be a mother and to take care of people, she had kind of lost herself in that relationship in a way that was kind of unhealthy. And I'm I'm glad that she had a chance to, like, do something of her own that wasn't related to Juman at all. And it was just her own thing. Actually, so that she right. could kind of yeah. keep herself to herself and you know like and have her own self-respect back but she'd given so much of herself to him that she i think this is actually a thing that happens a lot in real life particularly with mothers um is that because they've poured themselves into their family and into their relationships they no longer have a sense of a strong sense of their own self 
and what they're capable of and what they want to do like um you know i'm sure you know people like that and i certainly know people like that who after you know x years of a particular relationship or you know marriage or children they and then they suddenly have some time perhaps their kids have gone to school or you know in some cases they've broken up and then they they don't know who they are and they don't know what to do with themselves so actually this is what I really liked in her arc was because in the beginning she's timid and she's so 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 timid to the point that I really disliked her um and, and she's like presented and, as washed out. <laughs> right like I've, and they like visually she presents that way as well you know she doesn't look like she's taken any effort over her appearance her hair is growing wild her dresses look like Arjun night dresses and it's i mean of course it's all very deliberate but and but you don't really understand what it is that uh, Juman is in love with with her and I think even by the end, they didn't really make it clear why these two were together. Um, oh no, they did for me. They did for me because the thing is that she was so washed out and dowdy for so much of the show, and you, when Juman would feel frustrated, like she would do these things for him, and he would feel frustrated and burdened by it because she was doing nothing for herself. You saw that, and I could understand from Bexuri's perspective, she's trying to save money. She wants him to have all the good things, like the bag she buys him, but yeah. she's still carrying her broken or torn purse. Um, and like the, they go to an expensive restaurant, and Juman just wants to have a, a good, uh, you know, lunch with her, but she's worried. She, she's like, oh, I don't want this expensive dish. It's not to my taste. And he's like, you're just worried about the bill. And he's so. Like he just wants to have a lunch, and she's worried about the pills. So that's that's an aspect of her character that was weighing him down. Like but her her just, self-effacedness was uh, overpowering. It, it yeah. was overpowering, and you could understand why he felt so suffocated by yeah, it. Yeah. But on the Excellent. other hand, her love for Kim Juman was so vast. At least the way uh, Songha Yoon played the character. I, if I genuinely saw how much she loved him and how when she looked at him, she saw someone like you remember those flashbacks to the time when he was like they were working at a where, where were they working together at a, at a movie theater or something mm. uh, when they yeah. first started dating. Yeah, and, and that relationship there, it's not like Kim Juman was such a hottie or, or anything like that. It just <laughs> he he appealed to her. And like he, he felt this protectiveness towards her. He found her adorable and attractive, and he wanted to protect her. And she clearly liked that. He felt that towards her, and also just him being capable and looking so frustrated by her ineptitude. <laughs> and just I don't know. Generally, I saw the attraction between them. You know, it was believable for me that these two fell in love and and really stuck together. And Kim Jo Man's character is. Is faithful, like it's the way they show him initially. You can see that he's faithful. So when his his eyes start roving, so to speak, um, okay, yeah, you take it. I, I don't, I don't know how to complete this thought. Sure. Yeah, and I think I totally agree with your uh, comments about their relationship and how realistic it was, and how like you could see 
I liked that they, we got to see like how they started out, where they went, where they are now, because we don't really get that usually in K-dramas, where you just get like the initial like giddiness of liking someone, and then finding out they like you back, and then the confession, and then, you know, maybe you see them get to marriage, sometimes you get them, you know, just like a vague future in front of them, but you don't see this like, you know, we've been together for, oh, I don't know, was it like eight years, but they've been together for a really long six, time. Six years. Six years, that's right. Um, and her natural tendency towards nurturing others made it even worse. So it wasn't just like that normal rut that like, you know, moms get in or people get in after being in a relationship for a long time. It was that plus the fact that she just is a natural caretaker who like just selflessly sacrifices. You know, like you, you have that story about how she used to come over every morning and do Era's hair because she felt yeah. so bad that she didn't have a I, mom. And that I like the material for that. <laughs> I actually got teary over that. Yeah, and so because she has that natural tendency, it like once she falls in love with like the person who she feels like, okay, this is it for me. This is the man I'm gonna love for the rest of my life. It totally makes sense that she would just do that, and it also totally makes sense that it would kill him. That she's like basically sacrificing everything for him, and she he doesn't she doesn't let him do anything for her. And I got yeah. that. Like I didn't like the fact that he was, you know looking at this other woman and having like these ambiguously problematic interactions with her but i totally understood like you said how suffocated he felt but also, especially because this was her this was i'm sorry th this was her character it's not like she was oppressed by the relationship it was, i think she was somewhat responsible for uh what uh uh, uh later like not not his roving eye. I mean, okay, that's not the right way of saying it. The fact that he felt burdened <laughs> by her. The fact that he felt burdened by her. She was responsible for that. And she needed to face that she was responsible for that. Because she, uh, in yeah. her uh, outward, in her nurturing, to, in the outpouring of her uh, caretaking, she didn't think about how that would feel to him. And she yeah. should have. And that's what she's forced to face afterwards. Because her martyring herself was also a burden on him, and he shouldn't have had to bear that. Yeah, and and like yeah. that is a burden. Like in in any yeah. relationship, it's something that you ca it's uh relationships need equity. They need to have uh, a level of equality where one person doesn't feel like um they're giving too much but also the other person can't feel like they're receiving too much more than they're giving True. because that True. puts a, a strain on the relationship even though on the outside you would be like oh well you know sacrifice is a good thing and you know i agree with that sacrifice is a good thing sacrifice is not just a good thing it's an absolutely necessary aspect of a healthy relationship however yeah. You can have too much of a good thing. Uh, too much of a virtue becomes a, a, an anti-virtue. And in uh, Sully's case, it became that thing. Uh, a good parallel would be, just to uh, give another perspective to this, if you were dating someone really rich and he kept giving you these expensive gifts and you did not have the money to gift him... I mean, yes, you could be like, oh, this thing has emotional value, so, you know that's my gift to you but in your head you know that it's not the same thing it, it would feel like a burden if it was monetary so totally. if you, so if, if we put that in this like in the context of this relationship what she was giving him this unceasing sacrifice he he couldn't give that back to her and it was wrong to put him in that position 
So yeah, and I like that that she had to face like even after they break up and he's groveling. I like that she did have to face up to the fact that what she had done was unfair to the relationship as well. Mm. And totally um, agree. It, like it's interesting that you say that because that's also reflected in uh, in error. Um, because she's also someone who doesn't like to receive things. Like she might have very little, and it's it's something that came up. I think uh midway midway through um but she hates to receive undue things like uh you know Mubin's gifts all of those expensive expensive gifts that he gave her and she didn't like she could have accepted them you know they were nice expensive things and i can think of people who'd be like oh I, i'd like one of those too but like yeah. for example for myself as well uh, and this is the same with era is that she couldn't accept them because it, it's not it's out of her league if it was something that she could reciprocate, then she could accept it, or if she wanted to reciprocate. But when it, you know, when you don't have the thing that you're being given and you have no way of being able to uh, acquire, obtain that, or return it, then if you have that that uh, level of pride, there's no way that you would be happy to take those things. Yeah, True. especially in that case when they had no actual relationship to speak of, right, and he was exactly. using it as a way of like emotionally blackmailing her and spending time with him. So that was even more problematic. True. Uh, the thing about Kim Jong-un, well, it's not exactly roving eyes because I don't think he was ever uh, no, sexually attracted to the girl. He was just reminded of Solyu whenever he saw her. That's why he couldn't yeah. help notice her because of that. But it wasn't because he was genuinely interested in her. And I think Bexori saw that too, right? Bexori totally saw that yeah. uh, what what threatened her about uh, Jang Ye Jin, I think, um, was that she was so much like a younger version of yeah. Bexori. Younger and she prettier, saw that's why she her. got threatened. Yeah. And richer and yeah. better connected. Basically Those a better version were, of herself. <laughs> yes, which is a horrible thing to face, especially when your love is on the line. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, I like how th- that last scene where he meets this other girl who does the same thing that um, Yejin's character did, like looking <laughs> up at him all helplessly, yeah. and he's like, in Yejin's style, you know, uh, uh, when Yejin did it, he had helped her, and that had started that whole circle of, you know, this is how Bexoni used to be. Whereas with this girl, he finally had learned enough, you know, had matured enough. He was like, you know what, help yourself. This is how you do it. Read the manual. Help yourself. Yeah, mm, that was great. I, I, I like that. I really also, like that. Also, the other thing um, with uh, Sully is that um, although she felt, I, I don't know how threatened she felt by um, what was her name, Hijin? Yejin. Yeah, uh, Yejin. Yejin. I don't know how threatened she felt by uh, Yejin because at, you remember when she confronted her at, uh, close to the end and she said. The re- she actually could see the reason that he likes you is because um, you remind him of me, but you're never going to be me because I'm the original. I'm the one that he's head over heels for. Like she had that security, despite. Well, she had that, but but it's it's different. Once she broke up with uh, Kim Juman, now she had nothing else to lose. So at this point, she could confidently point out, look, this is what attracted him to you. But dude, think about like the history of cheating husbands. Or at least the way I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it. It's always the younger version of their wives that they seem to fall for, and yeah. that doesn't yeah. stop them from leaving the wives. Yeah. You know, so yeah. 
Flexory's, uh, you know, the fears were founded in, uh, well, a legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. Even though Kim Juman never felt that strongly about Yejin, Vetsuri's fear was legitimate. So mm-hmm. after she broke up with him, after the worst thing possible in her life had already happened, she regained enough self-possession and confidence to face up to Yejin and say, you know what, fair enough, but this is what attracts uh, him to you. And yeah, so if he could leave me at some point, you know, I don't know how long this is going to last for you. I really <laughs> like that. That was sweet. That was a great conversation. <laughs> Can we quickly segue to talking about the girls' friendships? Because I just thought about that. Yes, absolutely. So, yes, uh, not just the girls' friendships, but the group friendship. But, like, I love the girls' friendship. That was what was so focused, right? I mean, because Kodogman uh, and Kim Juma's friendship was never really fleshed out that I, much. I, you know what I really liked about that part, uh, their friendship, the boys' friendship, was that, uh, that part where uh, Dongman says to Juman, um we've been friends for 10 years but i've been uh Soli's been my friend for 20 years so like she wins ah yeah, yeah i am yeah, on yeah, her yeah, side I love, I love that that was amazing yeah <laughs> that was like such a great line and it's the kind of uh like it's it's so him uh, but it's also like he says that line and you like you know you fist pump you're like yes you you <laughs> you're the you're the man <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those moments that this drama does so well of, like, it's a very significant moment to the characters, but they just say it in kind of this throwaway line that's so realistic to how you would actually say it. You wouldn't make, like, a huge declaration out of it, but it's there, you know? What I really liked in the show's treatments of all of these relationships is not just the the romantic ones, but also the friendships. Um, and like the one between uh, uh, Solly and Era that goes back for, you know, 20 years. And the fact that it treats it the those relationships so lovingly. And that, the, you know, yeah. you can see how special these girlfriends are to each other. And they're sisters more than friends, right? Maybe. Exactly, but yeah. I think they're better than sisters because I think with sisters, I mean, I have a lot of sisters. Uh, you, <laughs> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bad that comes with the good when you have you know siblings, um, or maybe that's just me. Never mind. <laughs> but like with 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 Sully, you got to get you get this sense when she's introduced to you that, you know, she's too timid to live. And she kind of is, but also as you go back over that friendship and as they keep revisiting their childhood, like they show you that, you know, they show you that she is strong, but her strength is like this really tender hearted motherly strength. And I, I love that it showcased that as something strong because there is, and like from probably a good two-thirds of the show you do kind of if you just you wish she would speak up a bit more you wish she would be a little bit more brassy a little bit more bold a little bit less hangdog but at the end of it you kind of think you know what if if all of us were bold and brassy then nothing would ever be achieved in this world in you know there would be no love and affection (laughs) like between people I also really liked that even though as viewers, we didn't really appreciate her in the beginning because of how like she was like, you know, very dull as dishwater, super shot, like timid, she didn't really speak up for herself. But even that, though, we didn't see what was so special about her. You could see the love and affection and and the respect that um, especially Era and Dungman had from her for her from the beginning. And they're like, it was like they could appreciate her for herself, even if we as viewers didn't really see her good points, and even if she was going through a rough patch with Juman, like, they had this rock-solid, 
you know, regard for each other. And that was really nice. It was consistent throughout the whole show. And, like, there was this moment where, uh, closer to the end, where her mum tells her, her mum is telling her, you know, think of yourself instead of thinking of Juman. Because Sully is so wrapped up in thinking of Juman that she needs her mother. And and this is like a, a role reversal here. Her mother is telling her to think of herself. And this is, you know, usually you would tell your mother, you know, you think of yourself. Stop pouring yourself into the family or this and that. Just be a little selfish. But her mum is telling her, you be a little selfish. And, you know... It, it's, it was so low-key, but it was so, like, it was very lovely and very real in the way that, that it was a very small conversation, but I, it really, I felt that one a lot. Uh, it's about yeah. the same conversation. Um, her mother gave her this, uh, this I don't know, blob of gold, nugget of gold, I don't know what that was, it was her, it was a chunk of gold. A blob of gold? <laughs> That's a scientific <laughs> word, everyone, a blob of gold. Go to the jewelers and ask them for a blob of gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the thing is that I like that she she handed it to her daughter and was like, keep it. This this will give you self confidence to walk away from the relationship if you want to. Now I don't think uh, so. He needed that to get self confidence to walk away. However, it's true of most women in relationships where they are, have made themselves small or where they feel that they don't uh, deserve their partner, that it's often a situation where they are also financially weaker than their partner. Mm. And that yeah. makes it difficult for them to walk away uh, even if they want to. So her mother, I like that her mother was making sure that this was not a situation that, that her daughter would never be stuck in an unwanted relationship because of a lack of money. I like that her mother had the foresight, instead of getting all invasive and asking questions, she was just making sure on her own that here is security. Now, you know, you take the decision. Yeah. And the fact that she trusts her daughter uh, to make yeah. her own choices. And it was yes. just such a sweet relationship. And it's, you know, we do get a lot of really sweet relationships in dramas, but they're often offset by really horrible ones, um, particularly when it comes to in-laws and things. So it was... Yeah. Like, to, to see a mother put that much trust in her daughter to to the point, you know, all of that happened. Yeah. But she never tells her daughter, leave this guy. She never tells him, leave this guy. She's like, that. she realizes it's not her place to make that choice. I just, uh, not to go back to a previous point, but I just wanted to point out something else that I really liked about um, Sully and her mother's relationship is... Like you said, it really liked how she gave her that support. And actually, on a personal note, like I, my mom has actually said that exact sentence to me, like, you need to be selfish for yourself. Not to be selfish, but like to stand up for yourself and care about your own feelings because her, my mom is also one of those extremely giving people. And now she says, I should have raised you to be more assertive and to take more things for yourself. And like, I saw that dynamic between Sully and her mother too, where like, her mother is the same, you know, like she shows up at that, like, what is it, a first birthday party or whatever? And she's mm -hmm. like, you know, she like makes all that food and she gives them like all this money, even though like she knows that they haven't really been all like they've been delaying the marriage meeting between yeah. the families. And like she has a feeling about the way that Sully is being treated, even if she hasn't like seen it for her own eyes. And that whole dynamic of the way she gets really heartbroken and she thinks about like sending an angry message, but then she just sends a really nice one instead, you know, like that felt so true to life and so relatable to me personally. 
that it really like got in my heart and really made an impression on me and I really loved it. Yeah, so like the the mother's like the mother-daughter relationship and all of this like it just goes to show how well done the characters are in the sense that like after we get to know our characters in the first two or three episodes, they stay pretty consistent to who they are. And I this is one of the few dramas where like I had confidence that the writer wouldn't take our characters in these weird like you know, directions that would give us whiplash and they start acting like a person that we've never seen before. Like, they were very consistent to their characters all throughout the end. And, like, even the villain character, Kim Tuxu, he was very consistent and he made sense as a villain and he, you know, like, they did such a good job with all the characters. Um, with him in particular, I, I just liked how he was, like, petty to the end. Like, he was just petty and evil to the end and he never changed. So he did have that tiny moment where he realized that he had reached his heights because of his coach and not because of that PR guy who kept on telling him to do, you know, basically cheat his way to the top. He, yeah. And when it came down to, you know, his coach and the PR guy, he the PR guy was like, I'm glad the coach is walking away. And he's like, what? No, I mean, you can leave. I The, the coach has to stay in my life. Like he realized the value of his coach. So that that was a good moment because despite being an, an epic asshole, of course he has to have had some talent to have reached, you know, the levels that he had and it had also been because of his coach. Yeah. But, but, but even though he this. recognizes that... Sorry. Good. No, I was just going to say, even though he recognizes that, and it's nice to see that he recognized that, he never really stops trying to use underhanded ways to, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, just, that's just his character. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he also, um, you said that he reached, uh, first of all, said that he reached his height, but he also reached, uh, like, he hit the bottom as well. Uh, yeah. And I think that was that was a point where he realizes because his coach has left him at this point and that's when he absolutely bottoms out and he's like um what's happened to me because he does have pride as a fighter um yeah. despite uh like but he didn't get to the top entirely by underhanded methods like he had natural talent that allowed him to to proceed through you know that that process yeah. sure he smoothed his way but i think fundamentally he wasn't. He was good at his sport. He was lazy. He was lazy, and he he didn't know how to lose. No, I mean he was lazy. It just I, I think he just didn't like that there was anyone better than him. And Kodavuan had a natural aptitude for the sport, which his coach recognized. Like I think what uh, what's his name Kim Taksu didn't like is that there was someone better than him. It's like uh, do you guys know any? There is this character Arjun who's this amazing archer and he's known throughout the realms for his archery and his uh, teacher, his guru had promised him that, you know, I'll, I'll teach you and I'll make you the best and there'll be no one who can ever beat you. But then there comes this uh, forest dwelling guy who's basically taught himself how to uh, shoot arrows and he's better than Arjun. So mm. he goes up to his teacher and he's like, but he's better than me. So his teacher whom the forest dwelling lad really respects, uh, sort of like talks to him and basically convinces uh, Ekalavya, the forest dwelling boy, to sacrifice his thumb. Basically, he ruins the life of this other guy who's better than him just to remain the best in the realm. And I think that's Kim Daksu. 
Mm. Yeah, I just want to clarify that when I said lazy, I didn't mean like lazy lazy. What I meant is uh, that he didn't want to put in the effort and the work that it uh, took to be the best. Not that he, you know, didn't do stuff. But I think he was already the best. That's how they played it. That he was already the top of his game, and he was but winning he had, all. Yeah, but he had reached that point dishonestly. No, not necessarily. Yeah, as because a, I yeah. think that was. I, the coach, he was his willing coach to do had it dishonestly, a is what I'm saying. <laughs> he, he was willing to do it dishonestly, and definitely his PR guy, he had experience to getting stuff done dishonestly. But his coach had enough of a conscience that I don't think he would have uh, retained that conscience if he had, if his, if Kim Taksu had been doing stuff illegally and underhandedly the entire way. Mm. Like he, he wasn't willing to be second best. He had to be the best by any means necessary. Okay. So, uh, he, uh, how Choi took uh, Korongwan's decision to get into MMA, um, how do you guys feel about that? I read uh, a lot of uh, viewer reaction about how people were really angry that ERA could, you know, um, have the, uh, what is it called? Uh, the what, the nerve, the, word? the nerve, the oversteppingness to to think that she could tell uh Dongman what he can or can't do, and I actually really disagreed with that because one, they're in a relationship at that point, and a relationship is commitment, and two, MMA is not like you know gardening. MMA yeah. is something that there's serious personal risk every time you go into the ring. It's like being a soldier. I mean, it's not the same thing, but the risks, you know, when they're in a relationship, I think she has the right to to say that she's not happy and to ask him not yeah. to do it. It's, I mean, he has the right to ignore it, yeah. but she has the right to be unhappy. It's not wrong exactly. of her. So I was actually really unhappy when people didn't. And, and what made this relationship really real was that when he had that accident, he had that uh, concussion, I think, and then his uh, ear stopped working. Yeah. Uh, I think his eardrum burst. And then she had that thing, like, she, like, he had a serious injury. Things could get worse if he had another blow in the same area. And the thing is, that would affect her life, too. Uh, it's no, not it's like not it's that. only him. The, the thing that I, that I really liked uh, was that she has a right to protest. And when he mm. has a serious injury... She makes the decision to step out of his life like that. She right. puts down her foot. She's like, if you you did this, I lived through this with you. Mm-hmm. Now that you're recovering, if you go back, then, you know, I can't do this anymore. So I, I, I just can't be with you. I'm out, yeah. The thing is that it, it's yeah. not so much that she was blackmailing him. It's just that for her, she knew where her line was. And I like that Kodongman didn't immediately go like, he didn't vacillate. He wasn't like, oh my God, which one would I choose? My love or my career? For him, fighting was him. It was in his blood. He had to do it. He had tried not to do it for 10 years. He already knew what it was like to give it up. So yeah. he knew he had to do it. He like This is this is what we love about him, right? The, the clear-sightedness. But he also, he wasn't giving her up anyway. Like, she, she could choose to move away from him, but he would, like, you could see that he, he was not going to stop loving her. It, it, it all came down to whether she would be able to accept his career choice or not. And it was very clear that he was willing to wait. Like, he had already chosen his path. Now he was, he, he had left the ball in her court. Can you walk this path with me or not? Yeah. 
it was it wasn't i liked how the show handled it and um i found out after i finished the show that's actually um have you guys heard of uh chu sung hoon and his wife yeah before we uh, started no. this yeah so like i'm a huge fan of that couple because i watched um like the first few episodes there's this variety show called the return of superman where like these celebrities go on with their kids um, and it's like basically the dad takes the kid for the weekend and it's like all these dads and their kids and a lot of them like don't know how to do anything like they can't feed their kids they can't take the kid they can't manage their and it's just very cute and I mean it's been going on for like four years or something I only watched the it's first it's really adorable I don't know how many episodes yeah it's super <laughs> I watched cute. a handful of and, them and um yeah you so like him and his daughter are so cute together they're just he's like this like big burly man and then there's like this little like toddler and he's just like com- you can see how he's completely gone for this little girl anyway total digression but like you don't see his wife that much like she'll be in the beginning like just you know like she'll like prepare their breakfast she'll be like okay I'm going off to like my you know photo shoot or whatever you guys have a nice weekend but like you can see it's like this low-key like like you can see how like rock solid their relationship is and so like I kind of like read up on them like when I started watching that and I I kind of read their story about how like she was very not into their yeah and she was very not into their relationship like she liked him but she was like I cannot handle your career and so like he really had to convince her um and so I, I when I found out that that was um, inspired partially by them, it like really made me love that even more. Like that whole, you know, how they they actually went into that and they dealt with it and in a realistic way. I liked it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're super was... cute. Watch some videos. <laughs> of them later. I totally intend to. Before we wrap up, does uh, do we have any final comments? Does anyone want to talk about Kodomans' surprisingly, I don't know, nice body? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm lowering my gaze, okay? <laughs> How can you say such a thing to me when yes. you know I don't do he, he, he impressively, he obviously did some work. It was, it was oh. there to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I just uh, talk about briefly about how much I loved the acting in this show? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I just, I loved how, I mean, I've seen the leads in other things, and I really loved Park Sojun in... Um, which is romance. I know oh, that wasn't yeah. a super popular oh, show. Yeah. I That's loved that show. show. But he was really horrible yeah. in uh, hmm. She Was Pretty. Which is the fault of the was kind of his character. Horrible, but I, yeah, he was kind of horrible. I watched it for him because at the, at the end I was just like, I'm so done with you. Cheshuan, why were you not the lead? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, I had so much goodwill left over from like Which is Romance and then I watched One Warm Word, which like I don't think anyone was has he watched. That? He was in that. He wasn't the, the main like couple but he was in the secondary couple he was really cute in that too and i just really like him and so in those previous roles you had seen like the the potential for him to do like a more deep performance like in which is romance he has that one scene where he gets like really emotional even though usually he's very like you know like he's very cheerful sunny kind of character but he has that there's this one episode where they're having like some angst and like he cries and i was just like oh my god i'm i'm like dead i'm on the floor i like these tears are doing me in and then he had that angsty part in kill me heal me and i was just like i'm yours forever dude <laughs> one last thing though because we haven't talked about him and he was rather splendid kim sung oh you know the coach oh he, yes he is such a great character he he does I'm... these characters so well and he's like he's he's a complete hoot but he's also like com- like 
emotionally present and he he brings like a, a certain depth to things even when he's making you sort of die laughing so yeah. he was a really great character i really liked him he's i felt so he wasn't getting his everything. due <laughs> You know, I'm so glad you brought him up before we finished because it would have been a shame not to mention him. He was so great with like his sausages and like the Ajuma Akio <laughs> and then like the way they became like the real love triangle and he was yeah, and, like, like, that and like every time Dongman is like, can I? Every time Dongman is like, can I call you Hyung now? And he's like, no. <laughs> How dare you call me Hyung? How dare you speak Dongman to me? And he's like, okay, fine, I won't then. Yo. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was adorable. That was great. I want to see him headline his own show and be the lead, because I think he would be so great in a rom-com. But he does, he is a complete scene stealer. I mean, going back as far as Secret Garden, I don't know what he was in before that, but I remember him in Secret Garden. I remember yeah. him from, um, oh, he was also in, what was it, Di- uh, was it Diary of a Night Watchman? Is I didn't watch that. But it I, was rubbish, yeah, I remember but I, th- I think he was in that. Part. What else was he in recently? A Warm and Cozy. A <laughs> Warm and Cozy. I did not watch that. <laughs> You don't need to watch it, but he was great in there. He was, um, oh, uh, he was the mayor of the island or something, and he had a soft spot for. Uh, he he had a crush on Kangsra's character, um, but that wasn't what made him funny. What made him funny is that he kept appearing as uh, various characters that were like his relatives, like he was his <laughs> brother and he was his dad and he was even his female cousin. It was so funny just for that. Like if you can hunt down that scene and watch it, it was great. <laughs> So you have like twelve Kim Songos in one frame, and you're like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I, th- yeah. I think I'm gonna die. It's so funny. <laughs> you're but so yeah. right about how he brings the groundedness and the emotional heart while also being like completely hilarious. Yeah. yeah, like like you've lost it watching him, but at the same time, like you know, the the tears of lulls, but also of like actually, I feel moved. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Which in fact he's really describes this drama. Eyes. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. like, it's so funny, and yet at the same time, it's so, like, it makes you feel so many emotions all at the same time, and it's mm. it's really, like, that's the feeling I'm left with, even like, at the end. Like, opposite just... emotions, uh, yeah. in a way that feels really good. Like, it's not, there's no yeah. dissonance in what you're feeling. It's just like, you know what, the fact that I'm feeling these two completely different uh, yet complimentary things at the same time is a, a mark of just how good this show is at taking you to different places emotionally. Yeah, and how true it is to real life because yeah. in real life it's never just one genre. You know, you're yeah. feeling you're yeah, you're living absolutely. comedy and tragedy and like romance all side. at the same time. And sometimes there's a little mukjang in there too. You know, like that's just life. Or a lot, you know, depending on on yeah. what kind of life you're living. There's a lot of mukjang in right. that life. <laughs> But you know, this this show didn't need the Mahjan, and I think that's what the parent characters were supposed to introduce, uh, this hint of mellow, but... Uh, that yeah. was totally unnecessary. Yeah, I think they brought the show down in the end. It was just... A bit, they, they slowed it down yeah. a bit. Though, I really liked uh, Wang Bo-ki, like the, the mom character. I just liked her, like before she was introduced to us as a mom character, I liked her landlord character. Yeah, oh yeah, that was, like, that was kind of like a female Kim sung type of character. Like this weird oddball person doing weird oddball things and you don't quite understand what's going on. But like, yeah, when she turned to the mellow, that's when it was kind of, uh, are we going there? 
Okay, it would have just been funny if they had just kept her as this mysterious figure who was, like, mysteriously a philanthropist for some funny reason, and then, like, her and Kim sung could have just, like, become friends and had this, like, wacky relationship of, like, the two of them that had some kind of ambiguous, like, you know, like, he kind of had a crush on her thing, and that would have been really, it would have kept it light and funny without going into all that, like, weird, yeah, you know, dramatic that, that backstory. That would have been awesome. I don't even know what the Namil uh, subplot was all about. I mean, with her adopted son, that was just, why? Yeah. It was totally unnecessary. I didn't care. I did not care yeah. about this guy. And because they didn't take yeah. the time to make you feel her whole, you know, the whole being an actress in an adult film thing, you didn't, you kind of like, eh, really? That's a problem? I mean, like, okay, I get that it is in, in you know, the context, but also it just wasn't feeling it. And also at no point did I ever feel that Choira had lost out for not having a right, mother. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so she was, it's not like she had, Choira had this deep-seated, I don't know, issue about having motherless. Like, she was kind of ultimately superfluous as a character. Yeah, even in that flashback with her dad when she's a kid, and he's like, do you feel bad they don't have a mom? She's like, well, I don't really know what it feels like to have a mom, so I'm good. You know, like, I'm good. Precisely. So, overall, final words, guys. It's a good show. Yes. (laughs) We agree. It It was a good experience. I'm so, so glad that it exists and I can revisit these characters and yeah, just watch uh, Kodongwan and Choyera fall in love and all of that Absolutely. again. Do you know what? Honestly, even if they didn't have the romance in the show, it would have been great. I really think that. No, I'm sorry. I love the romance <laughs> in the show. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but you know, there was enough in the relationships that even without it, like if it didn't, okay, like if you didn't have the romance stuff, like because we started the romance quite early. If you had put that off to the end, okay, you know what? I disagree with myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just gonna say that if you love this drama and you haven't seen Bottom of the Ninth with two outs, that it gave me similar feelings to that in like how wonderful the friendship was between the leads, how realistically it dealt with like other relationships, the way it dealt with friendship, and like the slow development of them falling in love was just incredible. So I just wanted to recommend that as well. And I'll add that it's it's in the same genre to me as missing, as in it's um very realistic without going overboard, mm. like true to life in a. So, guys, do you have nothing more to say? Then I'll just wrap this up. Okay, wrap. Alright. So, that's it from us, guys. Thanks for listening, and um, see you next time. Bye.